Hello everyone, welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. Today, we are talking about the 2011 movie Contagion. Before we get into that, let's go around the table and say who's here. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon. This is Mark. Jason. Matt. I am Ben Young. I'm Bill Jarvis. And I'm uh, Andrew. I'm back digitally again. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into the movie, I'm going to throw it over to Ben Young for some news. Okay. Uh, there's really not much to talk about right now, because as uh, everyone knows, this entire world is shut down. But I do have a couple things. Uh, so first off, Greg Daniels, one of the creators of that shitty show, The Office, and that really good show, Parks and Recreation, is bringing a new sci-fi comedy series called Upload to Amazon Prime. <laughs> the series is about a not-so-distant future where humans can upload themselves to a vision. <laughs> ben, I'm just going to stop you. I did this news last week. I was going to say, look, look yeah. who didn't listen to the episode. Nope, I didn't, because I don't care to listen to anime. Um, anyway. Uh, last episode was Dark City. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> ben, you were in a dark episode place. you regretted <laughs> missing. <laughs> I did. I did. I lost a week, guys. Sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I do have real news then. So I only have one piece of news. <laughs> hey, I had one last week, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, shit. That's the only one you had? No, that's so underwhelming. Dude, it's same right. thing. No. Corona canceled sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> That's our only piece right. of news two weeks in a row. <laughs> so hopefully the show is <laughs> no, no, good. No, no, no. I got one more. I got one more. All right. Okay. So uh, big news for anyone that's interested in catching up on Picard before our episode on it next week. Patrick Stewart tweeted out a code giving fans a free one-month subscription to CBS All Access. The code is GIFT, G-I-F-T, and it unlocks the entire CBS All Access library, so you can also catch up on Discovery and The Twilight Zone. And Hawaii Five-0, watch it. That's really really great, but I really would have preferred if he had done that before I paid for a second (laughs) month accidentally. That's the code was GIFT. The code is T. (laughs) Or gray. Oh, gray. Hot. 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 (laughs) Yeah. I really wanted it to be themed. When you said gift, I was so let down. <laughs> he was giving you a gift. Ugh. I guess. Anyway, uh, that's all the news <laughs> for all the latest and greatest sci-fi news. You know, if it actually comes out, follow us on facebook.com slash sci-fi cross-sections. Sci-fi cross-sections. And on Twitter at SF cross-sections. Back to you, Overlord. Thank you. All right. So Contagion 2011 was written by Scott Z. Burns, directed by Steven Zoderberg, uh, also known for such movies as Aaron Brockovich, Traffic, Ocean, <laughs> 11 through 13. He didn't do uh, 1 through 10. Solaris. But uh, did he do Solaris? Solaris. Hell yeah, he oh, did. Oh shit, Ben. That's your jam. Solaris. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's won a fuck ton of awards, including the prized, uh, was it Palm... 
Palm d'Or, is that how you pronounce it? The, uh, yeah. The, yeah, the, uh, the French one. Pompadour. Yeah, Pompadour. Thank you. Uh, the movie was made for $60 million and had a very successful box office of $136.5 million. The movie stars Marion Cotillard, Matt Damon, Lawrence Fishburne, Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Winslet, and we'll just throw Brian Cranston in there too. <clears throat> oh, so, just throw him in there. Yeah, casually. we're just going to casually throw him in at the end. Uh, there are more actors, but I don't feel like listing them. There are so many. <clears throat> Dimitri Martin. Ben Young, before we get started, I need you to hit me with that fresh synopsis. It's short. A novel, incredibly aggressive virus sweeps across the world, killing most in its path, while the CDC and WHO race to learn about what they're facing, where it came from, and how to cure it. Okay, thank you for the news. Can you give me a synopsis of the movie now? (laughs) (laughs) One problem with that synopsis, it said most in its path. It's about 20 to 30% in its path. Was it really? Yeah, Yeah, towards the end. I thought it was most. Nah, it was a People started just freaking just the fuck out over nothing. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's still a lot. But does, still I, 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 today level. I learned. Did you just say freaking the fuck out about nothing, Miller? No, I don't. I don't know. Pretty sure you did say that. Um, there's not a recording or any uh, record of that. <laughs> All right. So we, we wouldn't we wouldn't know because he edits it. So. Uh huh. I guess that's not. I have all the power. Wait, He's no, got if you like delete the something, audio it stays in the trash bomb. can. I empty my trash can. Oh, well, well, hey, all right. Okay, so so we chose Contagion for a very obvious reason. Um, as we, because A Quiet Place 2 was canceled. Got canceled by Corona, right. Um, so we thought in a kind of morbid, morbidly funny way, we decided to just uh, talk about Contagion instead. So, oh boy, where to begin? Yep. Well, let me just say this, fellas. Things got way more serious than I expected. And it became less of a joke the longer the movie went on. Well, (laughs) well, that was kind of my whole thing. So I had never seen Contagion. And it was really crazy to me when I I found it on Amazon. And I saw that it came out in 2011. Because I could have swore that it came out like three years ago. And then when it's like, oh, no, it came out 10 years ago. It's like, whoa. Um, So that was kind of shocking to me. But uh, yeah, like truthfully... um, I was a little, I don't know about you guys, but I was a little kind of unnerved going into it because I didn't really know the type of movie it was going to be. I didn't see this before, so this is my first time watching it. And I thought like, I don't know, maybe it would hit a little too close to home and maybe like I'm not necessarily one that shies away from like, you know, violence or kind of like depictions of like, you know, medical stuff or like whatever. But like, I don't know, there's something about like the after effects even if it's a movie of like people that are like ill that really like unnerves me i can handle most things but i was kind of leery going into it because i'm like oh man what's what's this gonna be you know it's gonna be people bleeding out their eyeballs and stuff like that because i don't know that kind of freaks me out but uh generally i mean i will talk about it i'm sure but you know i I thought it was a really good movie um I was shocked, which I'm sure will probably be the crux of uh, our main discussion tonight, just kind of how close to reality it uh, it, it kind of um, paralleled. Um, that was really the, the shocking thing to me. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, that was 
I had I had seen the movie before, but I forgot most details about it. And rewatching it, it reminded me that I don't know if I'd classify this as sci-fi because they pretty much just took a dramatized version of CDC response to stuff. So is it science? It is. It's is it fiction? fiction? We, Science. It's okay, a fictional we've had movie. This whole argument, but that's like saying historical fiction. <laughs> like it's not uh, historical fiction. It's literally science fiction. Science fiction has covered viruses since the dawn yes. of science fiction. Space viruses. So but using to, like unknown technologies and how that like affects humanity and like there's so much more to sci-fi than just saying it's fiction that involves science that's literally like saying i, I just, drove in my car today oh wait no i didn't actually drive my car that was a science fiction because no, the car oh, is science <laughs> no that's such a juvenile look at what science fiction but that's means what you're science saying fiction about doesn't this need movie. to be you're flying it's not it doesn't a real need to be story cars and it, used spaceships. it used technology it, that we understand well, right now it's a dystopian fiction. It's based in science fiction. It's based on a virus that's over that completely decimates the world. Well, I don't know what else, how much more sci-fi you could get than that. Fellas, the, the whole thing to me with this movie is, I mean, this, this definitely kind of like hems a little bit closer to our reality than a lot of the other, you know, content that we usually watch here. But <laughs> I would say this was definitely, and, and, by all admittance of, you know, Soderbergh and everyone that kind of was, you know, steering the ship on this movie, the 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 idea was to make something that reflected kind of reality when the reality of the situation would be kind of as a thought experiment. So to me, this was, I would say this was science fiction, but I would say it was very hard sci-fi um, to, to the point where it was almost procedural um, with kind of what it was, the, the way it was... Um, telling its story but also you know th there was nothing fantastical about it it wasn't you know it, it, it i don't know in in some ways i've heard the movie kind of called cold or clinical and i i certainly think a lot of that was intentional i think a lot of that's also soderbergh's style but there was really nothing fantastical about the film so i mean it didn't really pull you out of it in that way but i thought um i'm trying to think of some other examples of films that were kind of in that same vein where they were like really hard sci-fi where, you know, it was dealing with either like uh, a parallel present day to like what we're currently dealing with as far as like our technology goes or in the very short term future where there really wasn't anything that was kind of outside that realm. Oh, 2012 I mean, with John there's... Cusack. I don't know about film necessarily, <laughs> but Andromeda Strain is actually very close to, yeah, I would still consider that science fiction as well. And that's, kind of a similar vein it's on a different scale but and and there are some uh black mirror episodes as well that kind of have that hard sci-fi line to them yeah i mean they're really close to our reality you know there it's not really a stretch to get from where we currently are to where you know we're at in contagion i mean it, it could it could be tomorrow it could be today i mean i think that was really why it's so topical is because you know uh, pretty much you know apart from when we get to the point where people start rioting and uh you know that the death toll is two million or whatever at the end of the movie it's basically what's happening right now um, well, let me cut in there really quick actually because something that i wanted to talk about because because we talked about kind of the the uh 
shock of like how similar it is and things like that earlier. I actually watched this movie and found myself often saying, wow, we, we are actually really lucky because this could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. Our response could be a lot worse. And so that's that was kind of my take throughout the film is like we could have a virus that was as aggressive as it was in Contagion and we wouldn't know what to do with it. Like the way we respond right now to this virus itself, like we wouldn't stand a chance to the virus and Contagion. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just I counted I counted myself lucky. It was kind of like a nice placement of perspective where I was just like. Wow, this could be worse, and th- thankfully it's not. Thankfully, we're still, you know, one of our priorities is still getting on every Tuesday night to record a podcast. Yeah. Hashtag blessed. Right, and I was going to say, oh, that sounds I was so going to say, so it's very contextual, right? Because, you know, obviously we're living this, right? You know, we're, we're kind of living this sort of a social distancing kind of lifestyle right now. and um, And so for us, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like seeing an old movie and they, you know, like say like, oh, our computer system does this. And you're like, okay, that's stupid. I know what a computer does. And, you know, like going back to 2011, they had H1N1 to reference. They had SARS to reference. And they hadn't really seen something that shut down everybody Mm -hmm. like this, you know. Um, And it's like it was so interesting to see because I always like at the beginning when they were doing the initial response. It always, it felt like, I was like, well, it's like a 20%, you know, 20% death rate. And they're not even social distancing yet. And I was like watching this and I was like, what are they doing? And like, now we're, now we have a virus that's about, you know, general population about 1% uh, or less death rate. And we are completely shut down Mm -hmm. as a country. So it's very interesting to see this film and be like, well, that's unrealistic because that's a 20% death rate and they haven't even shut anything down. So I thought, you know, it's very interesting to have like, um, but remember that was, that was within weeks of the initial outbreak though. Well, the patient zero, I should say where, and remember how aggressive the virus itself was too. I just wanted to say, yeah, this is, this is aggressive as well, but, um, obviously it doesn't, uh, it doesn't quite hit as fast. I think, yeah, it's yeah, it spreads fast, but it pretty much is only deadly to anybody who has immune deficiencies or respiratory issues, typically. Well, as far as I understand, one in five of the hospitalized cases are people in our are everyone in this podcast's age range as well. So that's true. I'm just thinking like death rates. It's typically mm-hmm. people who have respiratory issues or immune deficiencies. But that's not to say sure. that like hospitalized cases, serious cases are not serious. Right. And it's like, well, well with us, you know, with this thing, it was 20% in the movie. And then, you know, in, in our sort of context, our daily life, um, you know, for anybody less than 50 years old, you know, even if you do, even if you are immunocompromised, your, you know, your probability is 0.2%. You know, which I think is really high either way, because I feel like that's one in every 200 people that catch it. And I'm like, "Hmm, yeah, it's kind of high. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the scary thing. You know, that that's why I think, um, you know, it's always been one of those things. It's kind of like a morbid fascination on my part of, you know, just like virology and like, I don't know, biological weapons, you know, and and just uh, viruses and bacteria kind of being weaponized and like i don't know it's it's always just fascinated me that like 
mankind could even do that, you know, but then at the same time too, you think about it, like there was a great line and I think it was Lawrence Fishburne and I forget who the other character was uh, when he says, Oh, do you think it's an attack or do you think they weaponized it? And then Lawrence Fishburne goes, Oh, well mother nature did, you know, a fine job of that or whatever the birds are doing that. I thought that was really great because you know, it's scary stuff. I mean, what we're all kind of living through right now, even with, uh, a virus that relatively speaking, I mean, yeah, it spreads fast, but you know, it's not like it's a a mass outbreak of like Ebola or something like that. I mean, if you really research and kind of look into what is out there and what's kind of been, you know, small scale outbreaks throughout the world, this is nothing compared to what's actually out there. So you think about like the what if scenarios, like what would happen if something that had a mortality rate of, you know, 80% um, or even some diseases where if you get it, that's, it's a death sentence. There's basically nothing you can do to treat it. I mean, it's really, it's, it's horrifying, um, especially to think of something like that where it spreads amongst population and it can spread that fast. I thought one of the genius things in, in this movie that I really like kind of gave you the heebie-jeebies early on, uh, at least for me, they focus so much on uh, all the fomites in the first like 20, 30 minutes of the oh. film. So as it's spreading, they like uncomfortably linger on like the, you know, the handles in the subway or like the, you know, the, the credit card in the beginning um, yeah. when uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's character hands a credit card and then you get the touch screen and just like everything where transmissions possible. It just became such a focal point and just like I think I was sitting on the couch and I was just like, Ooh, you know, like I, I was like, <laughs> I just had that like sensation just like, Oh, you know, because they really focused on the fact that you don't think about it. I mean, you really don't, you know, now yeah. I think we're all in this mindset living the way we have the last few weeks where it's hand sanitizer, wash your hands, don't touch your face, you know, do all that. But on a normal day, I mean, yeah, you know, I wash my hands after I use the restroom, but I don't wash my hands 50 times a day but I certainly have been washing my hands 50 times a day lately. You know, it's just little things like that you don't think about, but it's such a, a small part of our world, but it could potentially be the deadliest part. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah. I didn't want to get too deep into the, um, into the science with this thing. Let's do it. But um, I just, I think it's, so, yeah, sure. <laughs> whatever. Fuck it. Um, I'd love to get into the movie right after this. Um, but there's a thing, a disease that I think is a really, really cool, could be a really, really cool dramatic device in a future movie. It's, um, I think, what is it called? It's a prion. It's a prion disease. And a prion disease is kind of like, um, so a mad cow disease was a prion disease. And then there's, uh, there's kuru, which was a Malaysian disease that eats away at your brain. Um, and, uh, and it comes from eating the brains of humans which was wild to me. Um, so that was part of a ritual that happened over there. But the what a prion is, and you got to know this, is that it is, a, it is a disorder with a protein that is folded upon itself like a billion times. And so that protein becomes virtually indestructible. So if a prion exists, then the only way to kill it is to incinerate it at like some ridiculous like 5000 degrees fahrenheit and and so you know mad cow disease was the number one um idea and then kuru as well and basically if you get if you get one of these diseases it's pretty much a death sentence because you can't kill it the prion is like if you get like let's say like a movie idea right a highly contagious prion that would be 
just insane. Oh. That would be an insane promise. But yes, if you if you look up a prion disease, I definitely suggest it's P R I O N. Um, and it's uh it's very cool to just research in Wikipedia that. So <laughs> yeah, and so I thought that was cool. So your anxiety attacks during the self dis- social distancing have been like really good then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. i love you bill no it, it is really interesting like I'll, i'm actually gonna maybe i'll maybe i'll write about that i've been thinking about doing more writing while while i'm stuck in my office which is my bedroom now so i i wanted to talk about this my life has had minimal effect. Oh. I just want you guys to understand what it's like to be a parent to a three-year-old and a t- and a baby. You don't leave the house <laughs> unless you absolutely have to. And so, like this whole thing, I've been training for this for like a year now. I will say this shit wrecked my so, birthday plans. Fine. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Miller. Yeah, you all owe me individual uh, cakes. All right, you know what, Miller? To make up for it, we're gonna talk about um, hang on, a Mad Max in a couple weeks, okay? Yeah, oh, I do. Right, we'll make yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. been sitting on my uh, dry um, bar for like birthday bourbon. Yeah, that sounds for, great. For some time now. So let's get drunk. Oh, I'm. I've been there all week. One of the bigger themes that I kind of wanted to explore about this uh, movie, what I thought was really great, is I mean, if you take into the fact that we live in this, first off, a globalized world. Um, and we live in the age of information. So those are like the two things that, uh, were kind of not just the, the disease, but like, that's what they're fighting against in this movie is information spreads quickly, but so does misinformation. And as we see in this movie with uh, Jude Law's character, disinformation. And I think like, that's a very real thing that our society has to deal with. Um, on a daily basis with just fucking idiots on the internet. Um, Definitely. But also the whole globalization thing is I I think everyone here, for the most part, we're all fans of it, right? We see the benefits of it and less of the negatives. But then you always get like movies like this that really puts things into perspectives and how easy um, a contagion from, you know, Hong Kong was able to travel to, you know, the rest of the world in like a day. And that's what to me is really scary is Sometimes you don't have the benefit of like seeing things coming weeks out ahead of time and being able to prepare for it. So I mean, I, I think that was one of the big things they wanted to explore with this movie. So I just wanted to mention this knife that was twisted into my heart. By the way, now that you were mentioning that, the uh, seeing—I think it happens in any film—as seeing the young boy uh, die. I it think was rough. I, cried. I literally Matt- cried. That Matt was Damon that is was too good of an actor. Was I was just... like tearing up during every like loss scene involving him. He, everybody involved, did such a good job. This is a brutal movie. Well, I um, I'm glad you guys. I actually, I actually remember making fun of his his line when I saw the trailer of this way back when of like well your wife's dead and he goes okay so can i go talk to her and i made fun of it like relentlessly when i saw the trailers and then when i watched the movie i was like damn like this is an emotional powerhouse of a performance from matt damon that's honestly kind of wasted because he doesn't get that much time to really dive into his character but every chance he gets he gets a he uses it very well yeah that was i was going to kind of echo the same thing i thought you know the, the way that 
the movie starts and the fact that there's you have this immense loss you know figure it's basically like certainly not his you know biological child but but his child um and his wife die i mean within a day basically and it's just you know you're thrust into this and and i feel like you kind of are an analog of matt damon's character in that moment and you know the doctor's trying to tell him look your wife's dead and he's trying to soften the blow but he doesn't get it because it's just such a a sudden occurrence you know there was no preparation um kind of similar to what we just said a minute ago so i thought that scene was really brilliant and i love the way that whole thing was framed you know it's i love the uh the the I want to call it like the timer, but like, I love the, the chronology of it, how they, you know, day one, day five, day 20, um, that kind of coupled with, you know, your responses and reactions of all those characters, like as things are happening, I thought it was just, it, it really kind of sells that sense of like dread and uncertainty and, you know, just the fact that, yeah, your life can change in an instant. And, you know, certainly his characters did. Um, and, I think the biggest thing for me that was really interesting, it's almost the, the movie's kind of bookended at the beginning of the end by Matt Damon. And at the end, it, I feel like, you know, 130 something days has gone by. So, you know, almost half a year, whatever, um, since this thing began. And he doesn't really process the loss until that last five minutes in the movie where he's going through the camera. Oh, and that was like great to me because I just love that you had that payoff. It was like, yeah, you know, we survive, we get through, we do what we have to do. We make sure, you know, the people that are still here are safe and that we make it. And then once it was, okay, we made it, we're on the other side. Holy shit, you know, our, our world's completely different. You know, what happened? You know, you kind of, you go along for the roller coaster ride and you don't realize that time is passing by so fast, which I thought was another kind of big theme, especially with his daughter. Um, she kind of mentions that quite a bit that, you know, time, these are days that she'll never get back. You know, this is time that's gone now. Um, I thought that was really powerful. And uh, to kind of, I guess, play off of what Colin was just saying too about Jude Law's character. I thought that was great that they kind of added that angle in because I think that's one of the things you're going to see in any situation like this. There's always going to be people that are going to profit from misinformation and, you know, try to kind of profiteer off of, uh, you know, tragedy basically. And I, I feel like you're, you're seeing a little bit of that. Um, fortunately it's not as much as I think there could be, but you're certainly seeing that in kind of our real life situation that we're all dealing with now. Um, but I thought his character was just, Jude Law does such a good job of it too. It's just the lowest possible scum because I think he he believes it. You know, he he buys into his own bullshit, and that's why he's such a dangerous presence in this world um, that the film kind of creates. So I, I thought that was really really good. Dude, my ma's doing the same fucking shit right now, man. <laughs> and I swear to God, no, I need to vent. Okay, because do I don't give a shit. Like straight up before we before we got on like right before we got on my ma I saw my ma shared on Facebook some fucking bullshit about how they're all all the new vaccines for COVID nineteen are planned are they're part they're partnering big pharma is partnering with Microsoft to put microchips into the COVID nineteen vaccines. Dude, it's fucking insane. I was like, you are a healthcare worker. You have a responsibility to not spread this 
fucking dumb shit. And I swear to God, if I catch anyone besides my mom spreading that shit, I will deck you. Like, I wanted to punch Jude Law in the face for the entire movie. Like, oh, the dude was such a piece of... You punched... Oh, I'm... <laughs> this is why I love you. Good no, you. like, seriously. It, it blows my mind that people are so fucking caught up. They, they, they're head is so far up their own asses that they're willing to put the lives and safety and health of other people over these fucking conspiracy theories that make them think that they're more important than the world because they know this deep secret. That's really all it is. They makes them feel important for knowing some secret that doesn't exist. He doesn't That's mean really it, all Mrs. It is. Ben. No, fuck you for doing it, ma. <laughs> fuck. God damn it. I would. I wouldn't say. No, I'd say this to her face too. So I thought it was interesting. They at the in the first like third of the movie, they they did a really cool, like really cool cinematography around where people were touching things. They lingered really nicely in shots, and they kind of like got away from it once the movie started picking up and they were jumping around to all of the like health organizations. Um, but they kind of came back to it in that last moment. Um, like to remind you oh, right yeah, at the, yeah, end of the yeah. movie when he's going through the camera, like going through all the pictures of like, oh, he, she was taking pictures with these people and she was, you know, at the casino with these people and her drink was, you know, being shared with this person or whatever. Like they kind of went back to it right at the end in a cool way to be like, hey, we did this thing at the beginning of the movie. Don't forget about it. <laughs> straight up, straight up. dude. So I, you telling me that uh, he did what? Ocean's Eleven. Is that right? 12 yeah. and 13. 12 and 13, 11, 12, 13. That was very much an ocean scene. That was just like a big prestige at the end. That was very much. If you, if you think about it, it's like revealing the trick. or. Revealing oh, are we talking about how, how it was created? Absolutely. Oh, the, yeah, the, the, the day, day, the one, day thing. one thing. Yeah. 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 I thought that was a yeah. cool part. Well, yeah, and I mean, I love that ending too because it just shows you how mundane everything is, you know, and I think it tied kind of tied in a bit of a message as well because you know so you've got the company that Gwyneth Paltrow's character worked for knocking down a rainforest displacing animals you have a bat which bats are like notorious carriers of you know viruses just in general yeah, uh, a lot of you know the major infectious diseases that we kind of deal with or different strains are uh uh, what's the term they have for him? Because I, I became an uh, expert in virology here in the last two days. Um, uh, <laughs> I forget what they call them, but it's like, like the they, they call them like reservoirs or something like that. So basically, you know, animals that carry viruses and they're breeding grounds for viruses to mutate. And, and, you know, you have different strains, but they don't actually exhibit any symptoms. So the bat's fine. The bat's being a bat is doing bat things. And it has, you know, a virus in it that jumps from the bat to a pig you know in this case i think they dropped the banana or whatever the bat was eating the pig eats it pig's fine too doesn't matter um and then whatever causes it to mutate you know the chef puts his hand in the pig's mouth and you know rubs it on his apron or whatever and you know shakes gwyneth paltrow's hand there you go two million people dead i i thought like that really that ending kind of sold just you know why I don't you, know. Humble how beginnings. Insignificant, how, yeah. how insignificant humble we are. It wasn't right. a banana. The bat was actually eating another pig that had also eaten a bat. So. Oh. Right. Yeah. You have to watch the director's it, it, cut to get the full version. If you're, if you're looking for sci-fi themes, there it is. Because it's all a statement on how insignificant 
humanity truly is to be taken down by a bat eating a banana in such a glorious fashion like like yeah it's sure it's kind of reductive i get it but also it's 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 the point is that like we are such a fragile species that we need to be better prepared for these kinds of things it's not just saying like look at how stupid humans are it's saying like look we need to be ready for this in a way that we still are not I, I, I don't want to say we were before, but, you know, I know steps were taken before that were then Undone, removed. Yeah. I think um, it was an alien bat, I, though. So it, I think it was pretty severe. So I'm pretty sure that bat was, uh, had some pretty That's really sci-fi. It wasn't just a bat. It was a vampire. <gasps> well, the, actually if you watch the director's cut uh gwyneth paltrow is actually eating the bat raw yeah and then she, she has, eats yeah. the pig friends with ozzy so we actually don't know where the virus comes from yeah, um this is actually the inspiration know. for her uh jade eggs but in all oh, seriousness <laughs> no i don't so, yeah i i was actually pretty satisfied <laughs> i was pretty satisfied with how quickly uh gwyneth paltrow was killed in this just i think everyone a was holistic medicine bitch she's nobody become. actually likes gwyneth paltrow <laughs> except gwyneth paltrow it's interesting and netflix i think they like her too for some reason um uh, chris martin still likes her right or did they break up who i don't know the lead singer of Coldplay. oh no, no. they're He's, gone they're done yeah. oh yeah they done. broke whatever like happened to their daughter ago. apple uh she ate him ate her oh well, is that where the virus apple. came from he, he kept, that was he the kept using a holistic medicine and then he turned yellow yeah i was gonna i was gonna say something hey guys i know this is way off base but i want to say something relevant um so uh <laughs> but uh <laughs> but Topical. i was gonna say what i was gonna say is um when we're talking about like sci-fi themes uh, with this movie and we're talking about, you know, the insignificance of humanity and stuff like that, it, it it's so interesting to me because if you think about it, it kind of goes to show that like, you know, th this sort of disease where a chain of events have to happen, you know, and this is real life, you know, is that like, you know bat gets sick and then the virus gets into the pig but the pig doesn't actually get infected but it combines with their dna and yada 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 that is real life and so the fact that humans are so widespread and so populated or or populous um the fact that we are you know so large and so so extensive and you know we we take care of each other and we've grown to be seven billion people or something on the earth um, and it's kind of like this message of, you know, how do we keep ourselves in check and how do we, you know, how do we keep ourselves in check from growing so large that very, very low probability things start happening because of the law of large numbers. You know, we have such large numbers in so many places doing so many things that something's going to go wrong somewhere. And then suddenly chaos happens and it explodes. You know, it's kind of uh, kind of like nature is always there and i think that's the point we were trying to make earlier is that humanity is insignificant but i also wanted to take a step further and say humanity is going too far you know humanity is trying to do too sure. many things and you know and that's how we get you know and it bites us in the ass are you trying end. to say that life finds a way life um yeah. life finds a way Damn, what is Bill. a virus? What is a virus but Earth's immune system? Uh, it's actually a uh, not defined as an organism. Fuck you, Bill. <laughs> Fuck you, Bill. In fact, Bill. In fact, a virus is not alive at all. It's, a virus is on the fringes of life. Yeah. I read that uh, 
in uh, one of my uh, virology things that I uh, I studied up on the last few days. It's a, which which to be fair, like viruses are wild shit. Like it's mm-hmm. wild to to look into them and be like how because they they definitely landed on Earth on an asteroid. Damn like, it, for sure. stole what I was just about to joke think, about. <laughs> think, think about this: they are literally viruses or viri. I don't know what we say anymore. They are literally like tiny, like microscopic microorganism hypodermic needles with dirty stuff in them that's all they are they're <laughs> they're microscopic robots they I think are. the new technical term is viral so boys they're literally like, i saw that episode of jimmy neutron damn it mark you i literally was primed and ready to say it you motherfucker <laughs> and you took it right out of my mouth cocked and loaded god damn it so yeah a virus has a protein that attaches to the protein on the out no just kidding no, no, right. you know, oh God! No, he's going into the actual definition of science. Connects cut it, cut it. The yeah. But it's very alien. It's very it alien. It's and then it different. Shoot, it it's shoots strange. its bad They're stuff into snatchers. the cell. They're body yeah, snatchers. Snatchers. I shoot my bad stuff into your cell. No, body when you actually think about how a virus attacks here. a cell, it's fucking creepy and weird, and I don't like it. Like I said, well, that's it's upsetting. That's kind of the thing, guys. Too, like I feel like you know, if we're talking sci-fi, you know, to me viruses or just you know the idea of disease as kind of a device in any sort of like film like this it's scary because i almost get like body horror vibes you know like it's it's not the alien jumping out of your fucking sternum but at the same Same time like it it changes you you know it changes you from within and it 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 in this case kills you from within and you don't even know that you it's not like you walked into a big you know cloud of COVID-19 or something or Ebola and said, Hey, you know, Oh, I did that. You know, guess I'm fucked now. Like in most cases it's mundane, you know, it's because you, you know, went, uh, used, used the, the restroom at a speedway or something. You went oh, in yeah. to go, you know, <laughs> late night to go, go buy a thing of beef jerky or something like that. And you know, that's how you contracted it. I mean, that's really, I don't know, really kind of the, the gravity of it. And that's kind of what has always freaked me out about it. I think truthfully, like I'm surprised I'm doing as well as I am in this current uh, pandemic that we're all living through just because that's always been something that really freaked me out. I, I don't really, I'm not like a fearful person. I never have been. I don't like live my life in fear. I uh, certainly try not to. Um, but I think that has always been something that really has been, a, I don't know, kind of an uncertainty for me and something I kind of grapple with. That's going back to like when we started the cast tonight, like that was part of the reason I was really hesitant to watch this. Like I actually had kind of like a moment where I was like, ah, oh, maybe I won't do the podcast on Tuesday. Cause I don't know. I didn't know what the movie was going to be like. I thought it, it spent more time kind of dealing with the societal like response and, you know, trying to tell, uh, albeit a lot of stories trying to tell kind of more of a character driven story. And it didn't really focus on all the medical, you know, kind of destruction of the human body, which I think is what unnerves me so much about disease and viruses and that type of thing. Um, so ultimately I, I thought that was great that it didn't really kind of dwell on that, but ultimately, you know, Google search Ebola and it, you'll, you'll be shook. I mean, it, it'll, you see some of that stuff and you, you, you know, you, you never want to see it again and you regret the fact that you ever <laughs> Google searched it like I did. So I don't know. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's, it's nasty shit. And the thing that I think is the, the freakiest part about it is it's real. It exists. It isn't science fiction. You know, it's, it's fact. It's just a fact of our world. Um, so seeing things that kind of evolve in this way, like we saw in contagion and like what we're seeing right now, um, kind of in our world, 
uh, I don't know, guys. It's I feel like I feel like to the point we're we're kind of discussing too with how interconnected we are and kind of how globalized things have gotten to you know I, I think a benefit of society in a lot of ways. I feel like this type of thing is going to become a lot more common. So what do we do about it? You know, I feel what we're seeing kind of like the response we're seeing and you know all this stuff is unprecedented but it doesn't matter does it mean anything are we going to learn from it seems certainly like questions that contagion asked um well honestly i think our government is going to hopefully um know how to prepare better in the future (laughs) that's not gonna happen colin nobody's government is going to no 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 no, you know you're absolutely right uh i just i hope in general our society can at least better prepare and i'm not saying you see it coming but you take it more seriously when things are happening and that's like you know you see the fucking spring breakers down in miami which at this point i just chopped that to natural selection but um that's they're carriers yeah, they are carriers. I know, but I, I wish there's I, already been people who diagnosed with it, by the way. I know. I, oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, we're down at spring break. But if, imagine if it was a, something that could take someone out of their age range. Oh, I hate those people. Anyways. <clears throat> oh man, where was it going? Oh yeah. But no, but I think our society, I think can maybe take it more seriously next time. Uh, hopefully, Hey, hopefully there isn't a next time, but um history shows there will be a next time and it will always be worse than the last time that's not true you do realize we've survived bubonic plague as a species so i want we did i just want to say there's there's (laughs) i did i think i remember a scientist saying this on a netflix documentary that i watched when i was covered in pizza and doritos it was a um the woman said, she Last said, night? so yeah, three years ago, actually, <laughs> I know he's saying it's, it's, actually, a, it's yeah, a dad a thing, but he's ago. always been like so that. she said was, um, <laughs> there are three things that are sure in life, death, taxes, and flu. And she said that there will always, always be uh, some sort of bird flu or some sort of virus that's manufactured by nature to kill us. Like, you know, it's just been the way of our life and it, there's always some sort of culling that happens whenever we get too big sort of thing. And we're just, you know, we're curbing the uh, effects of this culling of nature because that's, you know, I don't know if you guys remember biology, but um, there was this fascinating thing that we went through in ecology, which was the S curve, right? Which is, it's the population growth. So if you were to draw a, what looks like an exponential curve and then flatten it out, across the board so that's just a flat line it forms a sort of slanted s and uh it shows that nature will see you exponentially growing and nature will throw something at you every single time that will flatten that curve of your population growth so every single time nature is trying to kill you (laughs) they're trying to they're trying to dull out your population growth and you know and it, it was so interesting to learn about that in ecology and to see this sort of thing happen in real life. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what if this thing went unchecked? What if this thing got out of control? You know, would that be a great culling in our population? Would that be the way that the S-curve forms? You know, the fact that, you know, we're exponentially growing and then suddenly something hits and it flattens us out so that we have to start over again. Yeah. So, sounds pretty malevolent yeah, well, anyway, there, Bill. So. 
Yeah, what do you so think? The it, Earth is against us. Happen, maybe we should manufacture something. What do you think, guys? Maybe we should like make something that you know, <laughs> you know, flattens out the curve of life. You know, there's there's a there's a thing like vaccine. We already Bill, have. Bill, yeah. save it for the Bill, Illuminati I know you want your podcast. Social Security, but you're not going to get it. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I paying into this thing? Okay, so um, let's let's riot about that. Yeah. Speaking of I'm riots, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I kind of want to go into a little bit more of the uh, the characters here. Um, there were a lot of characters. This was a star-studded cast. Well, yeah, there are a lot of stars, not a ton of characters. That's uh, there yeah. you go. Well, so there you go. That's actually a very I, powerful statement. I don't know what Colin's angle is here, but th- that was kind of my you know whenever it was marking my notes down so like there's a lot of award-winning actors in this film and i thought they all did a bang-up job with kind of what they had but that's you know it's always kind of the balancing act with an ensemble cast like this you know it's how are you going to use your characters and i feel like the characters were so integral to kind of like propelling the story forward that you didn't really get yeah, I guess that would be a criticism I would levy at it. Like Kate Winslet, her character was great, but you didn't really get enough of her, or you didn't really get a lot of it. Yeah, I would not put a, a, an actress of her caliber in oh that my role. God. To be honest, her death. Well, I, I well, mean, here's the here's the thing. It was just very shocking. What about her death? I just thought I don't know. That was that just hit me. Uh-huh. I don't know why. I just expected her to continue through the film, and then it's like. Oh no! Now, she, now she's in a taped-up garbage well, of bag. Of course. Okay, got it. <laughs> uh huh. That was yeah. the design, of course. I mean, it's the same thing with Gwyneth Paltrow. You expect Gwyneth Paltrow, the star of everything, to be in it throughout, and then she suddenly dies. It's, it's very effective. It's supposed to shock you. It well, it was a statement as much as anything. I think that's that was the whole the whole point is that you know really no one was safe. Um, you know, and that was I think the whole one of the the main kind of ideas of the film like yeah okay you think oh Gwyneth Paltrow you know she's this you know (laughs) A-list actress whatever yeah died in the first five minutes you know Kate Winslet has led many successful films has won many awards rightfully so great actress great character I thought but yeah she you know she's in that situation and it's kind of I think it plays to some of those other themes in the film of just kind of like cold you know it's i keep coming back to that word it's it's very cold and it's very kind of clinical and it's very you know based in reality it's not you know they couldn't even get her back to the cdc to treat her you know because of uh, other kind of political machinations that were going on in the background so it's kind of like you know her character is very tragic in that sense that she's trying to you know help and she's trying to do the best she can and ultimately it's a death sentence, but they don't really dwell on it. It's not like, you know, they don't even mention her in the end game. You know, when, when everything is all said and done, she's never mentioned again. But I feel like that definitely was done on purpose. Um, yeah. Yeah, they don't they don't dwell on it because this film is very uh, slice of life. This is not a character film by any means. This is a movie more in uh, in, in it has more in common with movies like uh, like the big short um and uh other kinds of like economy movies it, it it that's the thing like uh what was the other movie there's a big short the big short and there was another movie that had like a real slice of life like here's the story here's what this is about 
I forget what it was though. Pee-wee's I'm sorry big adventure. for blanking right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Crushed it. Yeah. But the point is, it's it, that the what these kinds of movies do, which is really interesting, is it's not a character movie as far as these actors go, but it's a character movie as far <laughs> as the uh, the topic goes. So in this case, in Contagion's case, the character is the virus. It is the virus that's going around and we're watching it develop and we're watching how it changes the world as a result. It ha- the, the virus has an arc and some of the characters, some of the actors have an arc also, but nowhere near as dynamic as the virus does. And it's the same thing in movies like The Big Short, where the economy has an arc where the characters don't. They're all participants in the play but they are not the main characters they do not have as dynamic of an arc as literally as the economy does in the big short so contagion is the same way so a lot of people are very quick to judge when they're like you know i feel like there's no character work in this and it's like yeah well you're looking at the wrong character the character in this case is the virus not the humans that's very fair um I do like that, actually, that point, Ben. Um, I do have a listener uh, question. Oh. Uh, This is from Tyler, and he said, please talk about what the point of Marion Cotillard's character was. Thanks. She's hot. (laughs) Well, I think she showed the desperation of people in need. Yeah. She was storyline... Go ahead, Matt. Oh no, I was just gonna say she she was an integral part of the like cogs in the CDC or like not CDC, the WHO WHO like machine. And she was she was a character, but honestly used more as a tool to show the desperation of those who fear this and know they're going to be left behind. So it was a way to draw our focus on the response to those in need most who are, are going to get left behind. Absolutely. And, and not just the desperation of being left behind, but also the desperation of not being the one to blame it. it, That one's really important too, because, and I think especially nowadays, this is actually probably important to touch on. So bear with me really quick while I, I, I dropped down on a serious note. So Marion Cotillard uncovers the source of the virus. She is she knows where it came from, and all she's doing at this point is confirming it. And what she ends up doing is discovering this casino in Hong Kong was the source. And they, yes, it begins as desperation of not being left behind, but there's also obviously a very strong need of not being discovered as the source, especially for this this casino. And especially now when we have people calling, you know, the virus we have now, like the Chinese virus, which is wrong, the blame is not important. The source is not important. This is no one's fault except 
all of humanities. Like it's not like like no one started this. No one got in a lab and cooked this up like your conspiracy theorists want you to believe they did. This was something that just happenstance found its way into our ecosystem and did its job as as it's want to do on Earth. And I think that this their response in her finding the her her finding the source is a response in shame, which is something that uh, something of a criticism in how we respond to where this came from. We shouldn't be criticizing or or bad mouthing any sort of original source, original country of this virus. We should just move on past that because it's not important. But with that being said, and I know I've been hogging the mic for a second, I will say that while Marion Coltiard is very important throughout the first and first the beginning and up until like the the first half of the film, she she just kind of fizzles out. And I never felt like her payoff at the end of the film was really worth anything. I'll leave that open to you guys. So, yeah, I actually that that was one of the big points I wanted to bring up if we didn't kind of naturally get there. So I'm glad we did. So the way that I viewed Marianne Cotillard's character, because if you think about it, so she's a, a one of kind of the integral like through lines that we follow the beginning of the film. And then after she gets kidnapped, it, she just kind of disappears. You don't go back to that scene until the very end of the movie. So the way I kind of interpreted her character and ultimately where her arc ended up, it was one of the few moments in the film where I kind of saw... So I, I keep coming back to, you know, the term cold or, or clinical, you know, it's a very blue film, you know, and, and I think the idea there is that, you know, the, it, it's, I think Ben, you said like slice of life, it's very procedural, you know, it's following, okay, wh what would actually happen? What would this look like? So it's very kind of matter of fact in that sense. So in that way, Marion Cotillard's character early on, you know, she's sleuthing. She's kind of a, a detective for the, you know, uh, World Health Organization. She's trying to put all these pieces together. She's trying to figure this out. And it's not so much in that early part for her about the people affected as it is, you know, the the, the chase, you know, what, what, where did this start? You know, she's, she's very, again, clinical. She's very kind of just going through the motions. She's trying to figure it out. She's very competent and she's obviously a very intelligent person. Um, in what she does, but there's no kind of human connection there. And I feel like at the end when she's in the airport terminal and, you know, the other higher up guy who, you know, bails her out says, oh yeah, it's just a placebo. You can visibly see she's distressed and distraught and she gets up and leaves to go, you know, warn those people that she lived with for the last six months or whatever that, hey, like, you know, this this is a placebo, like, don't go out into the population because now you, you might end up getting it. So it was almost kind of like the fact that our basic humanity kind of prevails over, um, I don't know, over our constructs in society. And by constructs, I mean, like, even the World Health Organization, like, it took her being fully ensconced in this population of you know children and she's teaching them when you when we see her again she's teaching a lesson so I, I felt like her character was kind of like the reflection of that like she had to kind of 
not like Stockholm syndrome, but she kind of had to see it firsthand. She kind of had to live amongst that population. And then she realized like, look, this is a vulnerable population. That was wrong. Like, you know, it, it shows a lot for her character that she wasn't just cool with that. Like, oh, cool. I'm going to go back to France or whatever. Could give a shit. Let all the little, you know, Chinese kids die. Like she took it upon herself to say, no, this isn't right. I got to do something about this now. I got to go back to that village. So I don't know, to me, that was kind of a prevailing of our humanity and kind of like the brighter side of what we're capable of if we put those so types of things first. So from Dances with Wolves. Exactly. <laughs> Nailed it on the head. Dances with Kotiaris. Kind of, yeah. D- D- Dances with Marion. All right. Uh, all right. Does anyone else have any other points that they want to bring up? About how good or bad the sci-fi is, maybe. I got one more, fellas. Sorry. You know, got to oh, got to keep those paying customers going for content. Basically, just wanted to. Uh, <laughs> no one's paying for anything. I know. Um, <laughs> the, the, but maybe they will next week. Yeah. Shit, does that mean we're raiding grocery stores now if nobody's paying for anything? Sci-fi yes. I'm paying for not being before the cast. No, literally, I'm cleaning out the back of my truck. Yeah, we're just gonna raid. Okay. Um, so the last thing I wanted to bring up this is the last kind of bullet point I had because I, I think we organically kind of touched on all my main points with this movie um and really good discussion honestly i think it's very topical i'm glad that we chose to do this even though i had some misgivings early on um definitely enjoyed the movie but i think the one thing that was interesting to me and i wanted to get everyone's take on it um so the only reason that humanity kind of came back from the brink here and figured this thing out was because every step of the way people were taking it upon themselves to disobey like the rules or like disobey like the chain of command. I don't know if you guys noticed that and I just thought that was kind of an interesting statement. They didn't develop the vaccine and save humanity because they like went by the book and did what the CDC says, you know, the main vaccine developer, you know, scientist, virologist stabs herself in the leg with a needle with her experimental vaccine number, you know, 45 or whatever, and then goes and visits her sick father in the hospital and gives herself the disease or tries to give herself the disease. You had the character early on um, who, you know, was told to burn all of his samples and he doesn't, he keeps experimenting with it and just kind of, you know, throws caution to the wind and ends up sequencing it and, you know, growing it in a petri dish which allows them to experiment on it in the first place so it's kind of an interesting statement there like i almost feel like it's a kind of a statement against you know procedure and kind of uh, again kind of another positive thing on the human spirit or like the human will like it's reckless in a lot of ways and the actions those characters take are reckless but ultimately you wouldn't have gotten that outcome had those characters not made those decisions. So I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that was kind of an important yeah. theme in the movie. Um, yeah. that I kind of noticed. Out there oh, I could dig everything. it. Yeah. Fuck these rules. Yeah. Just t- touch me, touch you. No, I think the, the biggest one is get out there and fuck the government. Literally? Oh man. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening right now, overthrow your government. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> overthrow your government. <laughs> Kill now's, your now's, politicians. Now's the time to do Die it. Young and anyway, so I was just, <laughs> no, no, I, one second, I have to act, one second, I have to activate somebody. Sierra, Rutabaga, Mekinowski. <laughs> I would be back. Must crush Bill Jarvis. <laughs> yeah, our little agents all across the continental U.S. have just been activated. Yeah. Um, what if they don't listen to this podcast? What's that? 
they're, then they're idiots. Yeah. Oh, right. They don't deserve uh, to get activated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve it. Okay. So, all right, we're at this point, we're going to go around uh, good sci-fi, bad sci-fi. Um, I'm going to go in the same order that we introduced ourselves. So, uh, I'll go first. Which order is that? I'll go first, and then I guess I'll say who goes next. How about that? Okay. All right, you got it. So... <laughs> Uh, I thought this was good sci-fi. I always love it when sci-fi can kind of um, strike true. And even if like we weren't living in the current times we were living in, I feel like this was a very realistic situation that happened in the movie Contagion. Um, I liked the character work. I thought people were... Um, the actors were very good. Uh, but overall, I think it was good sci-fi. Um yeah, sorry. That's all I have. It's just good sci-fi. Um, going to Mork. <coughs> well, <clears throat> usually, I the reasons that I enjoy sci-fi have a lot to do with, um, you know, kind of an escapist mentality. Uh, I enjoy seeing what what could come, or even if it's like a sci-fi horror, there's an element of like removed reality to it, um, just because of the future sci-fi setting or they're in space or what have you um so at first i i rejected the idea that this was you know strictly sci-fi but the more i thought about it it really is it just doesn't have the elements of what i would like to call sci-fi or sci-fi that i enjoy i guess i liked the movie but it wasn't what i it didn't have the sci-fi elements that i look for in you know when i seek out sci-fi um but I did enjoy the movie. All right. Thank you, Mark. Going on to Jason. Yeah, so uh, I think, you know, we're on a pretty good run here lately, guys. Um, I thought this was good sci-fi. You know, I enjoyed it. Definitely another one of those movies that kind of flew under my radar. And, you know, before I knew it, 10 years had passed. And, you know, I was shocked that this came out 10 years ago. Um, but I, I generally really liked it. I liked the style of it. Um, I thought that, you know, it, it almost, in, in certain regards, almost... Uh, kind of it resembled a documentary in a lot of ways and I, I know a lot of that is because of how topical and timely it is you know we watched it because of what's going on in the world and it did a pretty damn good job of uh um basically you know calling a lot of what we're seeing and predicting a lot of what we we're, we're currently seeing so i think it's interesting to see kind of how it unfolded in the film and how it's unfolding on the day-to-day -day. um but generally you know enjoyed it i think I would view it as a cautionary tale, and uh, like Ben said earlier in the podcast, kind of a, a tale of what could be and how bad things could get, um, and just you know hope that we're lucky and this isn't the one that gets us there. But um, hopefully, we can learn lessons from you know the film itself and also from our current situation and emerge better on the other side. And I think we'll all be excited when we can go to a bar again and get a drink and go to a concert or play a concert or you know go see a movie in a movie theater. Uh, so good sci-fi. Glad we watched it. All right. Thank you, Jason. Going on to Matthew. All right. I'm similar to Mark where I came into this expecting to argue that it's not sci-fi. But you guys very uncomfortably quickly broke down all of my arguments without me even having to argue them and made me realize <laughs> That's that... What we do. Uh, it, it was it was between like Ben, you're like 
well, you talked about it later, but it was a uh, talk about the the virus as a character and kind of viewing it through that perspective. And uh, Jason had mentioned the like it being like hard sci-fi, like it's more hard science. It's not as much on the fiction side. And it, it, something about saying those things made me realize yeah, I tend to skew towards, like, fantasy kind of sci-fi stuff, like, really fun escapist stuff, but this really was a, hey, we had some bad viruses that almost, like, went crazy. What would happen if something did go crazy? Wink, wink, world, we should all be ready. And then something way less hit us, and we weren't ready for it. This is 100% good sci-fi in my mind. And I'm very upset because now I have to go to apologize and tell a bunch of people they're right that I argued with. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be upset. Oh, I Just love be being right. Yeah. <sighs> God, Ben's going to have a good night now. Um, it ain't better. easy being this cute, Matt. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you, Matthew. Ben, hit it. <laughs> I think everything that I wanted to say has been said. Uh, it's great sci-fi. You know, as a film, to tell you the truth, as a film, slice of life films are not my biggest cup of tea. Um, I enjoy them, but I would never put them under like a great category. But just as sci-fi as a whole, I think this is great. I think everyone who is sitting at home in social distancing right now needs to turn this on. No matter how much it may trigger your anxiety or whatever, it's really important to watch this because understand, like, number one, it could be worse. And number two, it may get worse. So understand your positions and understand uh, the full breadth of, of how bad something can get, especially due to the incompetence of the U.S. government. Kill your senators. Bye. God damn it. <laughs> All right, uh, going over to young, sweet, sweet young boy, little Billy Jarvis, age 20. Well, everybody, I don't know how I follow <laughs> up on that, but <laughs> let's try. Um, I was going to, what I wanted to say was, I, I think, there, you know, people like to, um, you know, make fun of my, make fun of my sci-fi test, but... That's fine. I can, I can, I can take it. It's fine. <laughs> Just call it your litmus. It's fine. But um, so there's obviously the primary uh, Bill Jarvis uh, litmus test, and then there's secondary Bill. Uh, we'll not call him uh, what is a Beta Bill Barry, uh, like Becky, 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 Little Willie. Little Willie. We're, okay. we're just going to call but, uh, it Becky. So his, his idea was, and it's really, really good. Um, his idea was uh, a fundamental truth in a plausible world uh, that we you know manufacture. And it's so interesting to combine that with, does something make me ask a question? Because, you know, a fundamental truth is that humans will eventually from, uh, you know, will eventually harm themselves or destroy themselves um, in this way. And also humans also given given a little bit even you know in the nature sorry i'm not, I'm not gonna go too far on it's great sci-fi i love it and nature is a bitch and it will kill us thank you 
Oh, you're talking about that bill yes, test. The, okay. the fundamental truth test. So there's the does it ask does it make you ask a question and is there a fundamental truth, which is I think great. That's a great okay. way of defining it. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, another bill, not this bill, another bill has chimed in on the topic of sci-fi and has brought his interpretation of sci-fi and oh Bill, I'm glad you uh, brought that up. That was very good. Thank you. So wait, are we going to have Bill Nye on the podcast next? No, it's That's not that what Bill. I was another, oh, can, we get, can we get Bill Cosby on the podcast? <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> I mean, with the way it's infecting prisons, who knows? Okay. Uh, and last but certainly not least, we're going over to Andrew Charles Soderberg Miller. Great. Um, yeah, you know, I, I was a little bit more silent on this episode. Um, I think it just kind of reflects my feelings on uh, how I thought about this movie in the same way how I kind of feel about um, the reality of the situation. Uh, it was an okay, it's okay sci-fi. It's a terrible reality. <laughs> just really awful reality. Um, I've missed so much work lately. Um, but I, I, my feelings throughout the entire movie was just like, I never felt... Um, I never felt like the stakes were high. I never felt like anything was like super, uh, like I never felt the peril. Um, and it kind of is the same thing with reality for me. I mean, I, I still go to the grocery store, you know, I'm still going to go visit my girlfriend. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not freaking out. I'm not hoarding toilet paper. You know, I spent $6 on eggs, which was annoying. Um, so th this whole this whole like reality thing is just more annoying to me, and I I think that kind of translated to the movie as well. So decent sci-fi, uh, it was fine. So all right, fair enough. Thank you. All right, well there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is our take on the movie Contagion. Uh, if you look for it next week, we are going to be doing our second part to our Picard uh, episode whatever um i think it's what five through ten ben uh yeah okay yeah so basically the second half of the season um the week after that we are finally finishing the uh miller's march madness mm. aka uh, march sadness that we've been experiencing um with a good movie though it's gonna be uh mad max fury road which I think for our fiftieth episode, holy yeah, shit, that's a that's we a made perfect it. topic. That's a good movie. I think everyone here loves that movie. So spoiler alert. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to watch it again. No, we'll just gush about it. It's fine. Uh, beyond that, uh, we do have well topics. That's planned. where shit gets wild. Um, what does? It's just our schedule. Our schedule gets weird after that. Oh, I'm looking forward to it though. We added a lot of good shit between now and the summer. So. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to really play around with it. Um, a lot of TV. All right. Well, unless anyone has anything else. No. All right. Until next time. I would like to plug Doom Eternal. <laughs> I had no hand. Right, move on. I had no hand in creating it, but play it because it's a lot of fun. All right, the good I gotta play the first one still. Do you have an Xbox, Ben?
No, PS4. Oh, okay. I'd let you borrow it, but I got it on Xbox. I, ha- I have the first one for PS4. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Play it. I what, will. What the fuck you doing? I'm playing... I just finished Hellblade. Nice. That oh, was that's a good game, too. Ooh. It's, it's been on my wish list did for you, a long did, time. Did you play Hellblade with uh, headphones, Ben? No, I should have. Oh, yeah, that's... Anyway, yeah. let's finish. Yeah, Ben, you should replay it now, then. Okay. <laughs> 